one strike from victory. Two outs. And here's what you pay to see the best ever. Baronta jumps on this pitch deep left field. Welcome, Birdland, to the final strike brought to you by the Baltimore Battery. This is Stephen here, your host, and we will be coming to you, bringing you different topics related to Birdland. So it's going to cover the team. It's going to cover players, injuries, coaching moves, all that. Um, we also will delve deep into the minor league system, and we will discuss various things that make Birdland Birdland. So sit right down, climb right up, and take a listen to what we got today. We're going to start off today talking about Grayson Rodriguez. Uh, the reason we want to bring him up is the Norfolk Tides open up their season tonight at 635 against the Durham Bulls. And Grayson Rodriguez will be taking the mound for the Norfolk Tides. The reason we bring this up is because going into spring training, it was well believed that Grayson Rodriguez was going to make the rotation for the Baltimore Orioles. And unfortunately, by the end of spring training, it was discovered he was going to go down to A. Part of that having to do with in his final 10.2 innings of work, he gave up 14 runs, 11 of them earned. Tyler Wells was a little bit better over his last two outings, which created him winning the fifth and final rotation spot for the Baltimore Orioles. Some of the things that um, I noticed in little video footage that I did see of Grayson Rodriguez, he had no problems getting through the lineup the first time. So, you know, nobody knew what to expect first time through but come the second time through everybody had him pegged i don't know if he was tipping pitches i don't know if he wasn't mixing enough pitches in um he is deemed to have one of the better change-ups of the pitchers in the minor league system so i don't know if maybe he depended too much on the fastball changeup combination but his other secondary pitches are supposed to be pretty good and for a pitcher who's supposed to be a top caliber starting rotation ace that's something you're a little concerned about so a few things that i might have picked up on you know, being a former pitcher or somebody who's also studied, pitch, studied pitching and helped work with some people on pitching, a couple things that might be going on here is mechanics is the first thing that you're going to look for. Whether he's rushing his rotation, whether he's not repeating the mechanics to perform the same delivery, even his lineup on the mound is various different things that can contribute to the problems that he is having. I got in an argument with somebody on Twitter the other day about his confidence possibly being down because of this. And they said that I was guessing that I don't know for a fact. It is true. It is a possibility. But as somebody who is a pitcher, when you start pressing and you start throwing instead of pitching, you do start getting beat up by your own confidence because you start wondering what's going to happen next, how it's going to change, what's going to affect. And when you're trying to make a ball club, it's definitely the last thing you want on your mind. So Hopefully this trip down to AAA, you know, possibly you're looking at, you know, four to six weeks, maybe a little bit longer, gets him back in the groove of things, gets back to the Grayson Rodriguez that we all saw, and we get Grayson Rodriguez that all of us are hopeful for back up in the bigs not too far in the future. Things to remember with Grayson, though, is last season when he started becoming the frontline starter for the Norfolk Tides, he was still only pitching four, maybe five innings. So he was never really fully stretched out to start and go those five, six, seven innings that you would need from your starting pitching in the big leagues. And that's something that you have to consider when he was getting ready to start that regimen is when he got hurt. Now, Grayson Rodriguez has gone through his career without having much of a significant injury, and it's something coming from him that he had said. So this was a little bit of a new thing to him. Um, 
great training staff with the Baltimore Orioles. So that's one thing that I will always allude to. Uh, he came back before the timeline was originally considered and was able to debut again in September uh, for the Norfolk Tides. Pitched in three games, unfortunately never made it to the big. So I don't know if that has something to do with it is that there was that long layoff before the end of the season, the three games, and then another long layoff going into the off season. So kind of have to prepare yourself differently when you have an injury you have that long layoff, then you get to ramp back up, and then you have that long layoff again before you ramp back up. So I don't know if maybe that had something to do with it. Maybe his conditioning might have been a little bit behind because of that. I don't know, but I think it's something that we're going to see fixed relatively soon. So we'll be watching tonight, and we're going to see what happens, and we'll get back to you and let you know, is Grayson Rodriguez taking those steps to make forward and get involved with the uh, Baltimore Orioles rotation sooner rather than later? So we'll look forward to that. Um, moving along, we want to discuss the Orioles' 10-9 victory yesterday over the Boston Red Sox. Uh, Kyle Gibson made his debut for the Baltimore Orioles. Didn't do half bad, you know. He did leave the game with two runners on base, but at the time, he had only given up those two runs. Uh, of course, those two runners on base do get charged to him, even though the bullpen gave them up. So he did end up with a line of five innings and four earned runs on six hits. He did strike out three and walk only one. So not a great outing, not a horrible outing either. Kind of what I'm expecting. If we can get, you know, six, seven innings out of Gibson each time, you know, I expect him to give up three or four runs each time. And with the offense that we have, I don't foresee us having a problem struggling in those games. There are going to be games where, yes, we're going to have people slumping and it's going to trickle down and our offense will score zero, one or two runs. But I think for the most part, we're going to see four to six runs scored regularly from this offense. Um, Adley Rushman was all worldly yesterday, going five for five with a home run, four singles, a run scored and an RBI or four RBIs. So we got to see what Adley Rushman that we've been waiting for looked like. It was his first opening day. Um, Became the first catcher since 1901 to actually get five hits and reach base six times in a game. Um, also the first Baltimore Oriole to ever do that since the Orioles moved to town in 1954. So that's a big thing. He also became the first Oriole catcher to homer and an opener since Matt Wieters way back in 2013. So some interesting statistics from uh, career day for Adley Rushman. Uh, Ramon Urias had a two-run home run, and it was a shot. If anybody got to see the game or was at the game, they could see that thing climb the monster and came down about four or five rows back of the monster. So you were able to get a nice, no doubter, out of Ramon Urias. Uh, he had another good game. He was honestly not expected to play by many pundits. We honestly expected uh, Gunnar Henderson to be playing third base and possibly Anthony Santander or Kyle Stowers playing at the DH spot. Um with the other one playing in the outfield. And honestly, after what I saw in the outfield yesterday, I, I don't know. We might have been better off with Kyle Stowers out in the outfield. Uh, the outfield did not look good. Austin Hayes had an 0 for 5 game. Uh, he was the only player for the Baltimore Orioles not to reach base. Um, but Anthony Santander misplayed a couple balls. Um, Austin Hayes had, had a uh, problem with the ball over at a tarp. Him and Ryan Mountcastle in an inning which led to a run being scored and a player moving into scoring position as well. 
This was during the five runs that the Baltimore, or Boston Red Sox scored in the last two innings of the game. So there were some definite miscues. And, you know, there were some problems for the Boston Red Sox outfield as well. So I don't know if it was the wind, the sun, combination of both, maybe opening day jitters, but definitely there were some things that looked amiss there. Um, the Orioles had one of the top defenses in baseball last season. Um, they were seventh in defensive rating, and they were ninth in defensive run save. So seeing the miscues and the mistakes that they had yesterday is a little concerning because the addition of Adam Frazier was supposed to bring forth stronger defensive production. So I don't know. When when you lose Rogie Odor um, and you add Adam Frazier, you expect improvement in defense, not unimprovement. And one of the things that was concerning, and I don't know how many people got to witness this watching the game, or even at the ballpark, but there seemed to be a communication issue between uh, Jorge Mateo and Adam Frazier. Glaring difference was on a play where Mount Castle fielded the ball on the first base side, um, went to throw to second base, and there was nobody covering. So, unfortunately, run scored. He has to go to first base, get the out there, but what could have been an inning and double play turned into a run scoring um fielder's choice and unfortunately those are the little things that you hope to work out in spring training we should not be seeing these in the regular season um adam frazier did make some very good attempts on some balls that were hitting to the right center um right field and center field areas um so i will give him the effort was definitely there i think later on as the season progresses we're going to see more of those those plays snagged you know, um, it still is early in the season. It was a cold uh, game time temperature of 38 degrees yesterday. So, you know, that, that stiffens you up a little bit, makes the ball hit a little bit harder off the bat. Um, and what I mean by that is that bat vibrates. So you feel it all the way down the bat when that ball hits it. So, you know, hopefully small things. We're hopefully hoping for better weather uh, come game time tomorrow. We do have Dean Kramer taking the mound. Um, against Christopher Sale. Uh, so we'll, we'll look forward to that. That game time tomorrow is going to be at 4.10 p.m. Um, looking ahead at that, um, game will be on NESN and Orioles Masson 2. Um, don't know what the temperature is going to be. It's going to be at Fenway Park. Let's see. Let's see what the temp is going to be in Boston tomorrow. Temperature in Boston. So it looks like the temperature tomorrow around game time should be about 61 degrees with a 30% chance of rain. It does look like it will rain earlier in the day. Uh, you have a strong 80 to 90% chance of rain going from 7 a.m. until about 12 p.m. And then it steadily declines from there. Uh, 4 o'clock, it's saying 30% chance of rain. By 5 o'clock, it's going to be 20% partly sunny, 61 degrees. So we'll have a little bit warmer temperature. Game time, if it goes anywhere close to like yesterday, it's going to end with game temperatures around 59 degrees. Thunderstorms are projected later on in the day starting around 8 o'clock. So hopefully the game gets in without any problems. You know, April Fool's Day, so hopefully we have no April Fool's jinx going on with our team. And we are talking about a 2-0 start. Um, realistically, that's what we think should happen. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see Chris Sale back in the game. Um, Chris Sale is 
of course, the storied pitcher from the last three years has pitched a total of, I don't even think he's made 20 starts in the last three years. Um, so it's going to be something to pay attention to because his health is definitely always going to be a concern. It seems going forward. Um, Dean Kramer, you know, who had a pretty strong spring, pretty good outing in the world baseball classic. You know, he returns after having a, uh, 3.23 ERA last season across 22 games. He became the first Orioles starter since Wei in Chen in 2016 to accomplish that feat. So we're looking for big things from him. Um, he did strike out 87 batters in 125 innings, uh, 125 and a third to be exact. Um, and his whip was 1.25. So not horrible numbers. He did have some very strong starts for us. He induces a lot of ground ball outs, but I think that as he learns to pitch and his uh, his his skills and talent catch up to him, I think we're going to see more strikeouts. I can actually see him striking out six to eight batters a game um, on a consistent basis based off what I'm seeing. Um, so, you know, watching the spring training games that I was able to uh, see, seeing some of the video footage I've seen, I think Dean Kramer takes an extra step forward this year, and I think we're going to see good things from him. Um, number two starter. I think, honestly, that's his top level. I think that's the best we're going to see from him. I don't foresee him taking that step to be the number one starter. He doesn't have that it factor that your number one starters too do. And I know that most starters in the big leagues are all good pitchers, but, you know, to have a clear-cut number one starter, a Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander, you know, uh, Jacob deGrom-type pitcher, there's an it factor that they possess that, you know, your secondary third pitchers don't possess so not that i'm dissing on dean kramer in the least bit because i think the kid is awesome you know as a player from israel and a fellow jewish person i think the world of dean kramer i love the guy i actually have an autographed card of his um so i'm expecting big things from him i'm expecting big things from the orioles rotation altogether um i think kyle bradish takes a step forward and has a huge year for us i uh, have him predicted to win at least 14 games i think cole irvin's going to surprise a lot of people and is a better pitcher than people realize you know being left-hander playing in oakland which is not exactly the greatest pitcher's park in the world. Um, it's not a great hitter's park either. So, you know, you kind of have an in-between. But I think coming over here to Baltimore, being a left-handed pitcher and with the new Baltimore in play, I think we're going to see a Cole Irvin that is capable of winning anywhere from 13 to 16 games for us. And as a number four starter, that's going to be huge. Tyler Wells is Tyler Wells. He was one of our best pitchers last year from May until July when he got hurt. So, I think our rotation is going to be surprise a lot of people. I think Kyle Gibson is going to be more surprising than people realize. I think he's going to be a step up for Jordan from Jordan Lyles. And the only reason I say that is because he has the postseason experience. He has the World Series experience. Um, one of the things that a lot of people did not attest to when the Orioles made their signings this offseason, you know, they traded for George, uh, they traded for Cole Irvin. Um, they signed Michael Gibbons, they traded for James McCann, and they signed Kyle Gibson. Three of those players have significant postseason experience, and that's important. Um, you know, especially for a young nucleus that we have, those types of players are going to be veteran leaderships. So they're going to tell you how to prepare and how to get ready and um, endure the long season while also preparing to play for the postseason. You know, the Orioles sniffed the postseason last year, falling short, unfortunately, last week. I'm projecting at least 88 wins from the team this year and getting into the wild card. Um, 
So that that's where I sit on top of that. So we're going to see what happens with it going forward, and we're going to see if these projections unwind and turn it properly. Hopefully I'm right. I really do. But I think Kyle Gibson's going to be a key contributor to our team. Um, does he last the whole season? Does he get traded at midseason? I don't know. I do see the guy capable of winning anywhere from 10 to 13 games for us, you know, close to a 500 record like last year. You know, if he goes 12 and 9, I'll be happy with that, especially for a veteran starter anchoring the front of a young pitching staff. And don't forget, you know, come June, July, we get John Means back. You know, Buck Showalter said the same comment last year with Jacob DeGrom. It's like getting a player at the trade deadline to boost your team. John Means can come back and be anywhere close to the John Means that we know. It's going to be a significant boost for our team. So that's something to pay attention to. We get D.L. Hall's control under um, control. That's going to be another boost. So, you know, there's so many pokers in the fire here. And for the first time in a long time, the Baltimore Orioles have starting pitching depth. That's not something that you could have said two, three, hell, ten years ago. So that's something that I'm looking forward to, you know, utilizing to our benefit. If somebody goes down, we have somebody who's available. Next up, Austin Volf, Michael Ballman, you know, Grayson Rodriguez, D.O. Hall. We have the ability for these pitchers to step in if needed and do more. Even Keegan Aiken, who used to be a starter, don't want him going back. But in a pinch, he's available for a starting role if you have to have a swing starter. I don't foresee too many bullpen games this year. Um, I don't even know if maybe there might be a stretch here in the beginning months where we might have to go with a six-man rotation. I don't foresee the Orioles utilizing that because, A, you take away from the starting pitching depth. B, you also lose an arm out of the bullpen. So that's something we don't want to see happen. So we'll see. We'll find out. We'll go from there, and we'll make sure that, you know, we stay on top of it and pay attention. So, I want to thank you all for tuning in uh, to the final strike. Hopefully this continues going forward and we get more of this and I get some listeners involved. Um, I appreciate your time. I appreciate your uh, listening. I appreciate the Baltimore Battery for helping along with this. And until next time, Birdland, peace out. Thank you very much. A spawn is one strike from victory. Wow. Here's what you pay to see, the best ever. Barone's in a chance on this pitch, deep left.